There is no doubt, crowdfunding is a very trendy thing. And now the question becomes, should you as a podcaster focus on leveraging it? And if so, how can you get started with it? That's what this session is all about. I'm Yanni Lunga, founder of the world's number one podcasting digital conference, Podcast Success Summit, international speaker and host of The Podcaster Lab, the show that is all about providing you with strategies, actionable advice and experiment to help you become a better podcaster. So like I say in each and every one of my own podcast episodes, Patreon is a secure third-party donation platform that allows patrons or people who appreciate the arts or whatever it is you're creating to donate money on a per month or per episode slash per art installment basis. And Patreon basically encourages you to do a few things. One is you want to tell about your podcast and you want to make sure that it's very uh, upfront, it's explainable, it makes sense basically. So that when the person comes there, they're going to know exactly what they're in for right away. Ideally, you're going to put together some kind of a video that way they can see your face. And then you're going to put together two things. One is what they call goals. Used to be called milestones. Now it's called goals. But I have thought that it has been helpful to me in that it opened up for me the ability to ask for a donation. It's not always easy for people and it's not always something you feel like you want to do and how do you set that up on your website. So we have a donation button on our website, which is what some people prefer to do. But I think that Patreon has enabled me to feel comfortable in doing that because it's a place where I can send people and we have all kinds of things in there that we offer. If we analyze and break down the word crowdfunding, it's pretty clear what it's all about. It is about getting funding from a crowd. That's pretty simple. So if you do have a community, then crowdfunding is basically you reaching out to your community and asking it to help you out. Now you may be asking yourself, why crowdfunding? I mean, over the past episodes here of the Podcast Lab, we have looked at different podcast monetization strategies. So why crowdfunding? How can crowdfunding help me? That's a question I asked to Forbes, podcasting columnist and host of the Right Now podcast and Girl in Space, Sarah Ria Werner. This helps me cover my hosting costs, especially because I use Libsyn, which is, I think, about $20 a month to host. And like most people, I don't have crisp $20 bills just laying around my house. And so I rely on my Patreon patrons to help me pay for these costs. I've had my Patreon page up for, I think, about two years now. And uh, using those funds, I've been able to purchase uh, Udemy classes about entrepreneurship or podcasting. I've been able to purchase, finally, a new podcasting computer because I'd been using a 2009 Mac, which was literally on its last legs. Maybe not literally, figuratively. And I was able to purchase a new microphone as well when one of my cats knocked my current one off of my desk. Sarah said it. Through crowdfunding, you can cover your podcasting-related expenses. Think of something like she said, the media hosting, for example. 
the difference, if you will, between crowdfunding and other podcast monetization strategies is that crowdfunding calls for a more community approach, if you will. It's you asking people directly. And to some extent, it's also a more low-hanging fruit. We're going to talk about its nuances in a second, but basically with crowdfunding, you have different layers. And in some cases, people can support you for the same amount of money they spend for a cup of coffee or something like that. Now that you know what crowdfunding is all about and why you may want to look into it and how it differs to some extent to other podcast monetization strategies, the next thing we should look at is how can you get started with it? I mean, there must be a way to go about it, right? Yes, there is. Several, actually. There are different platforms you can use. But even before thinking about the platforms, it's important for you to realize that there are a couple of different layers of crowdfunding. There is the one-time type of crowdfunding. So if you want to finance a project, for example, think of something like a book, a work of art, a movie, a festival or something like that. And these are typically the type of crowdfunding campaigns that get media coverage. If you think of somebody like Amanda Palmer, who got a lot of community-supported money through her Kickstarter campaign, it was for that kind of a thing. So a one-time sort of crowdfunding is an option. Another one is doing a season-based crowdfunding or a yearly-based crowdfunding. So you can say, okay, I have a podcast that runs in seasons. And before the next season starts, I run a crowdfunding campaign and ask for people's support, monetary support, so that I can cover all of the costs related to that. That could be an option. If, for example, you have a podcast where you record on location, you go and visit each and every one of the people you interview for something like that, for example, I would see a season-based approach work. And then the last one is the recurring crowdfunding. And that typically has a monthly or on an episode basis approach. I mentioned Kickstarter. There are several platforms you can use. There is Kickstarter I mentioned, Indiegogo is another one. Depending on the industry you're in, there are some more industry-specific platforms. I'm thinking of something like Pledge Music, for example. And then there is Patreon. Patreon is among the most popular, if not the most popular one. And typically is the one utilized by many podcasters, creatives, professionals, especially for their recurring crowdfunding. So having people support you on a regular basis, on a monthly basis. So now, why using Patreon or Kickstarter or whatever crowdfunding platform? I have thought that it has been helpful to me in that it opened up for me the ability to ask for a donation. It's not always easy for people. That's Gina Ryan, host of the Anxiety Coaches podcast. And it's not always something you feel like you want to do and how do you set that up on your website. So we have a donation button on our website, which is what some people prefer to do. But I think that Patreon has enabled me to feel comfortable in doing that because it's a place where I can send people and we have all kinds of things in there that we offer. We offer them extra gifts for certain levels of giving, donating. and But I also have stuff that I put in there that is for everybody. You don't even have to donate. But it's an extra place. And what I put in there 
uh, for my people to go over and look at the Patreon page. I ask them to go over and look at the interviews that I've done on other shows because those don't come out as podcasts on my podcast and I could put them on the website but I've decided to group those together and put those on the Patreon page so people can go over there and listen to those and maybe they'll decide hey I'd really like to support Gina and this Anxiety Coaches podcast because they're doing really amazing work and I get to listen to two shows a week for free. I think Gina touched upon a very important point because it's true that if you leverage something like Patreon, Kickstarter, whatever, it kind of legitimates you because if you're just asking for people's money, they're going to be like, okay, why this looks almost shady, suspicious, whereas if you rely on something like Patreon, Kickstarter, many people have heard about the platforms, they know that the platforms are reliable, so they know that if they support you with X amount of dollars, they can be assured that that money actually goes there and is not used for other purposes. So Gina said it. If you feel like, well, I feel a bit like, hmm, when it comes to asking for my community support, leveraging something like Patreon helps you do that, makes it more quote-unquote legitimate, if you will. And now telling us more about Patreon, what it works, its ins and outs, is another returning guest expert. He has been here with us in the past. Is the host of The Real Brian Show and Profitcast, The Real Brian. So let's hear what Brian has to say when it comes to Patreon as a platform and crowdfunding ecosystem. Patreon is a crowdfunding business. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity for you to be able... Instead of getting donations like a nonprofit would, it's an opportunity to essentially have people give you money for your podcast through a legal crowdfunding way of doing it. So you don't have to be a nonprofit in order for somebody to give you money. Now, granted, this is not a full-on donation. This is something where somebody says, hey, I'm, I'm basically giving money to this podcast in exchange for you know, the fact that I believe in them and uh, you know, have an opportunity to maybe even get something out of it. Patreon is basically a third-party entity that allows you to bring people to Patreon. It's reputable. They give money based on that. Patreon filters it and then sends it to you. And of course, they take a cut. And Patreon basically encourages you to do a few things. One is you want to tell about your podcast and you want to make sure that it's very uh, upfront. It's explainable. It makes sense, basically, so that when the person comes there, they're going to know exactly what they're in for right away. Ideally, you're going to put together some kind of a video. That way they can see your face. And then you're going to put together two things. One is what they call goals. It used to be called milestones. Now it's called goals. And that's essentially if I hit $500 a month, then I'll be able to do an extra episode a week or whatever. And those things are over there. There's a lot of information out there about Patreon and what they recommend. So think about it that way. I, I highly recommend you start with something like $5 a month. And then you have a couple of other options from there. They can still choose a dollar and that's fine because every single bit helps. And that's awesome. Now with Patreon, um, I have seen a few podcasters really succeed well with it. Making somewhere between five and 9,000 a month doing this. Some more than that. This is their full-time thing. They do their podcast. They get paid through Patreon. That's what they do. There's a few. There's not many. In fact, most podcasters that I know make somewhere between about five and $50 a month. And that's it. So there are some strategies. I actually interviewed a guy on ProfitCast 
Patreon also has a bunch of strategies. Once you get signed up, they actually send you a bunch of tips and tricks on how to, how to do it right. Um, but really, I will say this. You can make a lot of money with Patreon, but it may not. And in fact, like I said, the percentage of people who are making money that are podcasters is low. So if you're going to do it, then do it and do it right. But don't expect it to necessarily pay the bills unless you're going to pour yourself into it. I think that, as you can tell from what the real Brian just shared with us, there is a lot of work that goes into it, especially with the planning and the strategy behind it. You really want to be specific. You want to be strategic. You want to think about what your goal or goals are. Think about the reward or rewards you're going to offer. And now let's talk about rewards. Goals are personal, are subjective. So there isn't really any right and wrong goal, if you will. But rewards are definitely something that can help or that can even complicate things. And telling us more about this latest aspect, especially the complication of things, is the real Brian once again. I don't recommend you put down tangible products. Like I'm going to send you a, a t-shirt or I'm going to send you a autographed book or something like that. And the reason is, is due to shipping. Because if somebody's giving you $10 a month and you're spending more money creating the shirt and sending it to them, you know, than they are actually giving you, then you've, you've, you've lost out, right? So make sure that you actually have the ability to send something tangible and physical and that it doesn't cut into your profits on that or do everything digital. Do something that's a benefit to them and make it digital. Brian said it. Try to avoid having to send physical things, first of all, because of shipping costs, but also I think in terms of practicality. Otherwise, you risk that as your Patreon community grows, you risk that you have to spend every single day at the post shipping whatever it is that you want to ship. So I would rather say look at digital content, look at small things that you can share with people and focus on things that create a unique experience. And when it comes to bigger awards especially, so the higher the amount you ask, the bigger, quote-unquote bigger the reward is. My friend, author, speaker, and crowdfunding expert Ariel Hyatt says that experiential rewards are the most impactful and examples of experiential things are, let's say you're going to speak at a conference. I am, for example, this July, I'm going to be speaking at Podcast Movement. I'm going to be taking the stage on July 26th in the show notes page for today's episode over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 78. You're going to find the links to everything we're covering here, including Podcast Movement and a page they put up for my session so you can learn more about what I'm going to cover there. But a practical example of an experiential thing could be you are speaking at a conference or attending a conference. You can say to your Patreons who support you with a certain amount of money and are going to be there, you do something unique. Maybe you go bowling together, you go have dinner together, you go bowling together, you go have drinks at a rooftop bar, which is one thing I always love doing when going to new places. I always check rooftop bars because you get to enjoy a drink and incredible views. So especially for higher rewards, if those are things you're going to have, really think about experiential things. Create a unique experience, something that potentially is going to be remembered by your Patreon or Kickstarter or whatever platform supports forever. A moment ago, I mentioned Ariel Hyatt. She's even written a book about crowdfunding called CrowdStart. 
And you're going to find the link to that as well in the show notes page again, vpodcastalab.com for slash session 78. And there I'm also going to add a link to an interview Ariel and I did that was all about crowdfunding. And I want to play a part of that because during the interview, Ariel talked about three reasons why crowdfunding campaigns fail. And in that case, we were talking more about the one-time or season-based campaigns, not so much the recurring ones. So listen carefully to Ariel Hyatt explaining three reasons why crowdfunding campaigns fail. There's a couple of reasons why not every campaign succeeds. The first reason is people don't really understand their crowd. That's why I called Mm -hmm. this book Crowd Start. Um, And in this book, I talk about if you don't have a crowd, you're not going to have crowdfunding. And it's not only about how many people you have on social media, which is a big, a big mistake that gets talked about and that I saw and I see with a lot of the clients we coach because a lot of people think, well, I have 10,000 fans on Facebook and I have 30,000 followers on Twitter and I have a LinkedIn profile with a lot of connections there. That's not necessarily where you're going to get a lot of your donors for your crowdfunding campaign. So mm-hmm. so mistake number one is not enough email names and not enough forecasting. So really, you have to understand, who do I know that's going to come, come to this campaign and be a donor for me? So a lot of it also has to do with pre-preparing. Mm-hmm. Make, you know... In my book, I talk about making a list of all the people you know who you think might give you a donation and writing them down on a spreadsheet with, okay, my my rich uncle Michael is worth maybe $1,000 he'll give me or, you know, a really, really good friend of mine who owns a big successful startup and is in my space and is always really supportive of me. Well, maybe he's good for $500 and really thinking Mm -hmm. about that. Um, So... Not really understanding your and having a crowd, not forecasting. And I would say the third problem is really not understanding that you're on a sales campaign. Right. You know, I think a lot of people, entrepreneurs, some of us are scared of sales and they don't like the S word. And that's a mm-hmm. big, that's a problem when you're really trying to make your company a success. You've got to be good at sales. Right. And a crowdfunding campaign feels like a a warm and fuzzy thing, right? You make a nice video and you make some cool offers and tiers and you post it out on your Facebook. But the truth is you are selling. I think the aspect Ariel shared of not having enough forecasting, not having enough contacts is key. I said a moment ago that you have to be strategic. Remember, crowdfunding, like other things, requires work, requires strategy. So it's not something that you set up and you can say, well, that's it. Now I'm going to get money coming in every single day and I don't have to do anything. Absolutely not. And I think it's also important for you to remember that as more podcasters, more people in your space start embracing Patreon or similar platforms, more and more people are going to ask your people, your supporters to support 
their work. And at some point, people are going to have to decide who to support. It's like charity. There is thousands of charity organizations around the world, but every person who's interested in charity chooses one or a few. It's not that chooses hundreds or thousands of charities, unless one is maybe a celebrity or a philanthropist. So because of that, you really want to make sure that you keep people engaged, you focus on the experience, you give them a unique experience with you, with your brand and your podcast. Now the question is, how to incorporate crowdfunding into your podcast? My best advice would be to make people feel part of your journey. So instead of setting up a crowdfunding campaign and out of the blue, say, okay, guys, here I am. Boom. I have a Patreon page. Start providing advice to people provide advice, provide advice. And if somebody tells you, is there something I can do to help you out? I would love to support you. Start hinting to the fact that you are building a Patreon page or Kickstarter page or whatever. Start building your database of potential crowdfunding supporters so that once the Patreon page is ready to go, you have already a group of people that you can reach out to. And an important note when it comes to crowdfunding platforms, always make sure that you double check what the terms and conditions are and what the legislation in your country is. I know that with Finland, for example, there are certain nuances about crowdfunding that are legal in some countries, but are illegal in Finland. If you are a company, like in my case, for example, you can't really ask for people's donations. So if I wanted to use Patreon, I would actually have to use it more as a platform to give people something in return. We said it in this episode. Technically, you give people something, the rewards, but for me especially, I really have to be strategic even further with the reward so that everything I do on Patreon from A to Z isn't seen as asking for people's money. And I've been talking about Patreon here, and I have to admit that while doing the preparation, the research for this episode, after going back to the interview with Ariel, listen to it once again, going back to her book, CrowdStart, and after listening a few times to both Sarah, the real Brian, and Gina, the wheels in my head really started turning. So I think I'll probably take a look at crowdfunding and Patreon, and you're going to hear more about it very, very soon. Final words for today's episode are, first of all, one more time, the show notes page, you find them over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 78. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that even though crowdfunding sounds interesting, there is potential and everything, you have to remember a very, very important concept and telling us what that is, is Ariel Hyatt. No crowd, no crowdfunding. Ariel said it, no crowd, no crowdfunding. So you have to focus on building your community. Nurture your community, whether it's by email, Facebook group, in person, whatever. Do that every single day, every single week, so that when it's time for you to get started with crowdfunding, people are going to be already fired up and pretty much ready to help you out. In the next episode, we're going to look at another indirect podcast monetization strategy that is completely different from crowdfunding and is great, especially if you don't have any particular product or service you sell. And I'm talking about affiliate marketing. I'm Yanni Lunga and you've listened to The Podcast Lab. Mm-hmm.